it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson here. Um, Last day of the Browns preseason slash training camp. It's Thursday, August 25th. Uh, We're recording this in the morning. Um, In about one hour, the Browns have their last full practice of the week of the preseason. On Saturday night, they'll play. Uh, the preseason finale against the Bears. We're expecting most, not all, of the starters to play anywhere from three drives to the first half. So fancy is going to address that this afternoon. We have a pretty good feel for how that's going to go. Frankly, this was our only podcast recording window, and that's how it goes sometimes, so we'll see. Uh, if you're really counting down that much to the preseason finale, then God bless you. Get help, but we appreciate having you here. So um, we know after the preseason game, they do in- injury inventory, and they locked themselves in a room for a couple days. And the deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock to get down from 80 players to 53 and then start scanning the waiver wire, building the practice squad, all of those things. But I think it'll be kind of an anticlimactic final cut. This is a team that's built some continuity. This is a team that likes its roster and should outside of quarterback and receiver and maybe one or two other spots, quite frankly. Um, It's a team that stayed pretty healthy to this point through camp. So we know what's been out there with the adversity, the distraction, all of those buzzwords. Every team has them. This team signed up for more than usual. We know that. But anyway, um, I'm going to eventually bring on my friend Scott Petrak. He's covered the Browns for almost 20 years uh, with the Elyria Chronicle Telegram. And now at brownzone.com, you can find his work. Um, We're going to go over the roster and and the positions and where they might make a tough cut or a surprise cut or how we see the 53 taking shape. So I just, before that, um, I don't want to ramble too much with just me. did want to throw it out. I got on Twitter and I threw out some asking Jackson questions. Um, and I just want to say most of the yes about the defensive tackle position. So I'm going to give you one clump answer for a bunch of those. The Browns don't value defensive tackle. They don't, um, you know, if they did, they would have done more than bring in Taven Bryan. Right. They drafted Togi last year, knowing he'd be a backup. They drafted Perry on Winfrey. Um, thinking that he'd be a fourth-round steal. Eventually, maybe he will. He's not had a very good camp. I'm not sure he's healthy. We'll see. Um, They're going to be looking there. And we're all looking, you know, at wide receiver. Are the Browns going to trade a running back? Um, And what's going to happen at quarterback? Um, Jacoby Brissett, guys, is just not good enough to get you into playoff range. I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. He seems like a likable guy. He's just not. Um in this offense, you've got to be a wizard with the ball. This offense is built on things happening quickly, on runs looking like passes and passing looking like runs. Jacoby Brissett is a big, slow target. Um, I just I don't know that he can throw the screens and the crossers and then especially you know make throws on third and eight to move the chains. So are the Browns going to chase Jimmy Garoppolo via trade? We don't have any indication that so maybe. Um Final cuts are this coming Tuesday, August 31st. 
but Garoppolo's salary only becomes guaranteed if he's still on the Niners roster on September 10th at 4 p.m. So there is some gray area, some window there. We know there's not a lot of other options. So um, we will see. One other thing I wanted to talk about, I did my 53-man the other day. I think it published on Tuesday. You can go to the app or my Twitter feed and, and find that. Um, in that projection, I had Dearness Johnson not on the team because I had them trading as part of a package, um, and, and we didn't get into details in the mock trade anyway, to, to Philly for Jalen Rieger. So we know Rieger was um, a first-round pick two years ago who's flopped. He might be the fourth or fifth or even sixth receiver for the Eagles. He might. He's probably looking to move on. Um, the Browns have done this before, and trying. And I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they've tried to find a first round talent who who needs a fresh start. They did it with Carl Joseph two years ago. Um, safety. They're doing it with Taven Bryan this year. They did it with Tack McKinley last year, right? Where you find a guy for whatever reason or reasons it hasn't worked. Malik McDowell, although that's a little more of an extreme example. He was a second round pick, right? And and you just kind of see. Um, how that goes. So look, if I had to pick one way or the other right now, I'd say the Browns are all going to keep the running backs. And I would say the Browns are going to keep their options open. And even though they need to get better at receiver, they're going to understand that they're probably not going to uncover a gem and they're not going to give away someone they feel is really valuable just to slightly upgrade what's a bad receiving core, a receiving core that was always built around gambling on people's Jones, Bell and Schwartz. Um, who all need to get better and all who need time for that to happen. It hasn't happened yet. So what exactly is going to happen there? I don't know, but we'll see. Um, You know, I I do think they'll look at defensive tackles. I think they'll look at fourth and fifth defensive ends in this. I mean, waiver wire post cuts, you know, trades for, for bottom of the roster players. The Browns have some guards to trade, some center prospects to trade some, some teams need them. There's some bad offensive lines out there, guys, you know, um, the Browns obviously have running backs to trade, one Dearness being more likely than the others. So we will just see how um, that goes. So um, questions here. Is Cade York entering Justin Tucker levels of kicking? No. Um, I have been the conductor of the Cade York train. Cade York has been awesome. The fact is, guys, Cade York might be the fourth best kicker in the division. He's still pretty good. In a year or two, Cade York could be phenomenal. Justin Tucker is the best of all time, and let's not do it to the youngest player on the team, Cade York, right? But the Browns' confidence level in the kicking game is completely different. Um, He's going to win you a game at some point, and over the course of his career, can he win you even close to the number of games that Justin Tucker has won the Ravens? Maybe. This is a big-time talent. It was a good pick. He should only get better. Um, You know, the two things for Cade York are, A, the weather, and B, how he responds, you know, when it doesn't go his way. He's not going to go 35 for 35 this year. But, man, he's going to make a lot of them, and we'll see. Uh, question from Roz. Who was the main driving force in the Watson trade, Barry Stefanski, Depot, or Haslam? That's a good question. Um, we're going to explore that later, Roz. <laughs> we're going to have plenty of time for that. Question from Eric. Who do you see being available at cutdown for the Browns to pick up at receiver, and why is his name Josh Lentz? Eric, you win a prize. I haven't determined what that prize will be, but we will see. Um, lots of questions about what to expect surprise-wise, if any, as the Browns cut down the 53-man roster. You know, um, question from Dave. If Cooper gets hurt as a Browns wide receiver group, a bottom three unit, yes. Could you make the case that it's a bottom three 
passing game in total right now. I don't know about bottom three, certainly bottom six or seven. There's reason to worry here, guys. So um, I'll get to Scott in a minute, and we'll break down the roster and hopefully answer some of those questions that you guys had. But um, I don't have a glass in front of me because it's 9.46 a.m. But if I did, well, it wouldn't last for too long. But if my glass was half full, I would tell you that this looks to be like a really good defense that can win you games, especially early. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both look phenomenal. Conklin's on track. The overall health is good. The overall maturity level, um, experience level, this continuity, it should pay off in little ways that can help you win games. And that the Browns have a chance to build themselves uh, a little winning streak, some success, some momentum early in the year, and put themselves in position. Um, if I've considered my glass half empty, I would say I worry about the defense being left on the field too long. I really worry about every aspect of the passing game. And part of the reason I think Jacoby Brissett has not played until now is that Stefanski knows they can only ride it so high with their tricks and what teams see from this offense with him in it until it gets figured out, right? And so you still have Cooper, you still have Chubb and Hunt, all of those things. But defenses will adjust and they will be limited. And if you can't win close games, now last year they couldn't win close games for a lot of reasons and, and the inability to make simple passes and kicks was a part of that too. But the lines are fine in this league. We all know that. Um, momentum and luck, and injury luck, and the way a ball bounces when it falls out of a running back's hands or bounces off of someone's helmet and you don't know where it's going to go. All of those things are factors in the NFL on everybody. Everybody's got good players. The Browns got more good players than most teams do. The Browns finally have continuity. And they have a defense that specifically in week one, and I think in week two, three, and four, can go give them a chance to win games, can make game-changing sacks, strip sacks, interceptions, deflections to win games. Do they actually win those games? I don't know. We'll see. But right now we're getting ready for the preseason finale and for Tuesday's roster cuts. So we go to my buddy, um, Scott Petrak, and we're going to talk about what we see on the roster and how we see the next four or five days going. All right, as promised, we got smarter. We bring on uh, my esteemed colleague, Scott Petrak. He's a longtime Browns writer. Um, Brownzone.com is where you can find his work at Scott Petrak, right? Is that right? At Scott Petrak? That's correct. Yep. Well, yep. Okay, come on. I'm smarter than I look. Not really. <laughs> but anyway, um, Scott is a grinder. He's out there every single day at practice, checking off who's there, who's not. And last year, I think, or do we, is this the second or third time we've done this, Scott? Jeez, I don't even remember, Zach. I want to say second. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But we're talking about who's on the roster. And so we're recording this on Thursday morning. The Browns still have one more practice this week, and they're five days from having to make the final cuts. So I just thought we'd bring in Scott, someone who's out there, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, run through what we think, you know, um, how interesting we think things might get. And we'll start with the first position. Uh, Scott, you know, I, I think we both probably believe that it's going to be Brissett and Dobbs once Watson comes off the active roster. Um, I can't believe they're just going to stick with that, though. <laughs> I just I just can't. I just you're not going to win enough games with Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs is lighting up the preseason, but people get a grip. Great guy, phenomenal guy, brilliant. Um, makes your team better. If he's playing quarterback for you, you're not going to win. 
That's just how it's going to be. So here again, um, in an ever-changing world, you know, do you expect these two to be the two that go to Carolina or do you expect to move? Yeah, that's a great question, Zach. I mean, two weeks ago, I would have been, I would have given it no chance at all that these were your two guys. Um, and now I'm kind of thinking, well, does does Joshua Dobbs' performance in these two preseason, preseason games really change anything or change enough that they could actually go into Carolina with these two guys? Um, I'd still bet against it. I still think they need to make some kind of move. It, it just makes sense, right? If something happens to Brissett, can you turn to a guy that's thrown 17 passes in the league and try to win games? It just doesn't seem possible. So I would still say that they go add somebody. Um, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy out there that would make, to me, the most sense, make the most improvement on this roster. I'm not convinced that they will go do that, but I think they have to do something and that they wind up keeping three quarterbacks with Dobbs as the number two that maybe becomes the number three, depending on you know the timing of the guy they bring in. Yeah, I think the one thing that we agree upon for certain <laughs> before we run through the list is the roster that's that's the 53 that's Tuesday at four o'clock is going to get not significant turnover. We're not talking like the Joe Banner or Grassman's for straws here, right? But like you're gonna you're gonna have to do some maneuvering um, in getting ready for week one. And so I, I think there's gonna be at least three or four changes. And you're right, bringing in a third quarterback would require you to dump someone else. But with the new practice squad rules, I mean, you can bring up guys to play special teams. You know, you can bring up that guy who's designated for that week, whether you think it's you need an extra defensive tackle that week, an extra return man, receiver, whatever that's going to be. So there, there will be some movement there. I'm going to save running back and receiver for the end because I don't want anybody to turn us off. So the next position we're going to go to is tight end. Um, I've got them keeping three because you have to keep three. Um, I don't believe that Miller Forstall is an NFL player right now, so I think that they are out shopping. But I, I am, you know, when I did the printed version of this the other day and when I do the printed version of this again on Sunday or Monday, pretty easy. Obviously, Najoku and Bryant are co-starters. They're important players on this team. And to me, Miller Forrestal is the third. Are you any different at tight end? No, but my question is, where does Johnny Stanton fit? It, is he a fullback? Could he count as your fourth tight end slash fullback? Because I kind of think that they still want him on this team, even yeah. though the role of fullback has decreased in Kevin Stefanski's offense. So as I break it down, I mean, on their depth chart, which I know is, you know, take it for a grain of salt, they list him as a tight end. They don't have him as a fullback. So I count him as that fourth tight end um, with Forrestal, who will probably be upgraded, like you said, after Tuesday. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, on the offensive line, you know, we know the, who the starters are. We know James Hudson's making the team. I think Michael Dunn was always making the team, uh, probably anyway, but certainly is now that he's he's the backup center. So to me, the question is, are you keeping nine or are you keeping ten? Um, this is a team that's invested in the O-line, right? 
Chris Hubbard is here because James Hudson's not ready and we don't know about Conklin, so he's a lock. So that's eight, the five starters and Dunn, Hubbard, Hudson. Um, then you've got Blake Hans, Drew Forbes, Yelta Froholt, and, and you need – I mean, I guess you don't need a tackle here, but you need someone else in the pipeline because you don't know what's going to happen with Hudson. And frankly, we all love Hub. The last two times he's played an NFL football game, he suffered a season-ending injury, right? So um, in my initial one, Scott, I got him keeping 10 because I think you can go back later. I think uh, I do think they will field calls on Drew Forbes, on Froholt. These guys can help teams if even if they can't make this team. Uh, are you at 9 or 10 offensive linemen? Well, that's one of my big questions, Zach. And I, I wound up at nine because I think they're going to have to, and I don't want to play spoiler here, but I think they're going to have to keep seven receivers because they don't have any really good ones outside of Amari Cooper. So I think that keeping an extra receiver is going to, you're going to have to decrease from another spot. And I took that spot away from the old line. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Oh boy, the receiver kind of discussion is going to be but interesting. Let me ask you about Hub though. You said he's a lock, and I I entered camp thinking that way, but you know he hasn't practiced the last couple of days with some kind of injury. Um, the last time I paid any attention to him on the field, Clowney was running by him play after play. Um, these are two big injuries he's coming back from, and, and I think there could be. I know that I think they expected him to make the team, right? That's why they re-signed him. But I'm starting to think that that's not as guaranteed. And maybe they go with two young guys in Hudson and Taylor, which is Alex scary. Taylor is not an NFL player, like not even in the galaxy. Okay. No. Right. I mean, I, I – No, you're I asking a valid you question saying, there. But you're asking a valid else. question there. But, I mean, we know what happened when Hudson had to play last year. Can they stick – I mean, what about Hans? Right. Like we saw what happened to Hans last year, but I saw him taking tackle reps this week. Yeah. Like I just think there's some uncertainty with Hubbard, mostly from an age injury perspective, and that might throw a wrinkle into the O line. It's a fair question. It is. Um, yeah. I don't think when they make the locks, I don't think he's up there with um, the guys that don't have to play in the preseason game Saturday. <laughs> right. But why did you bring him back to start with? Because you knew that is a long process with Conklin on one hand and a different kind of really long process with James Hudson. James Hudson was a one-year offensive tackle in college. <clears throat> you know, it's just he's just not close. Um, and he might get there. We know why they drafted him. <clears throat> right? They like his makeup. They like his athleticism. And I think they think he's getting a lot better. But, I mean, the, the starting point was, was so – far down there i'm just not sure he's ready but that's interesting um and we'll see I, i'm not going to claim to be an o-line expert i'm just trying to read the tea leaves here you know i think if you're looking for something encouraging from this shit show of a training camp it's that jack conklin's back and appears to be on schedule right i mean if jack conklin gives you a year your offensive line has a chance to have a good year um he didn't give you much of <clears throat> much of a year last year um we both have questions about the left tackle as well so you know this is a real strength of the team that isn't a guarantee. I think that's a fair way to sum up the O-line. No, that's a great point. I, and I keep referring to it as one of the strengths of the team, but that's completely dependent on guys staying healthy and Conklin getting back to where he was and Jedrick Grills playing better than he has, right? right. Those are two big ifs. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, on the defensive line, is it going to be eight or is it going to be nine? I mean, you know Alex Wright's going to make the team. 
you have to figure Isaiah Thomas is going to make the team, right? So that leaves Isaac Rochelle or Chase Winovich. Um, I know Winovich has been hurt. I think Rochelle passed him. And, and this isn't from me studying closely. This is from me watching rotations, Scott, um, in warm-ups and early in, in camp, stuff like that. So I do think you keep nine because you know that Wright and Thomas are rookies and you know or you can't count on Clowney being here past this year, right? Um, and you have to feel extremely lucky that Clowney only missed one game via injury last year. So I got him keeping nine. I got him keeping Rochelle. And then I do think they'll look, as we talked at the top of the show, and I, I put a call out, Scott, uh, on Twitter for questions, and I got like 13 of them in 30 minutes and nine of them were about defensive tackle. I mean, God bless Browns fans. <laughs> so I do think they look for an upgrade there, but I don't think they've ever prioritized that position. So I don't really expect them to move. I mean, I think the Jordan Elliott hype train just keeps rolling along. It does. My question there is, can you get away with only four, right? If you're keeping five ends, which I think you're right that they do, I think you sacrifice the tackle. Um, but you, Perry and Winfrey, he's got to be on this roster, right? And mm-hmm. he did not look very good against the Eagles in that preseason game. So, that's where I'm kind of torn. Like, I, I think they would want to keep, want to find, not keep, probably want to go find a 50 tackle. But again, is there enough spot? I don't think there's a spot on the roster for a 50 tackle. So I think that's a tough spot for them because you got the two guys, the two starters are really unproven guys. Taven Bryan was nothing in Jacksonville. I talked to people in Jacksonville. I can't believe he's going to start here. <laughs> Jordan Elliott's done nothing. And I know the hype train and I've been on that hype train. I talked to him. Um, and then you have to- Tommy Togiai, who didn't do much as a rookie. And then Perry and Winfrey. Like, there's no experience there at all. And But it certainly feels like that's how they're going to go into the season. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, you know, there is one surprise coming. There always is, right, between now and, and a week from now or, or two weeks from now. So it could be there. But as far as projecting our 53 for Tuesday, I think you have to go with those four. Um, linebacker's pretty simple. You know, you have four that are going to play. We're interested to see how it works out with Jacob Phillips and, and Walker playing, and we know that Phillips is athletic enough to move to one of the other spots if they need him. I feel like Tony Fields makes the team, and they want to continue to develop him, play him on special teams. I had him keeping six, um, you know, just looking at who's played special teams. Dakota Allen's been out there. He's a guy that's been around the league. Feels like they signed him for this role, and they're pleased with with the way he's done it. So I got him keeping six linebackers. And no surprises there. Where are you at linebacker? Yeah, I, I got him with five um, just because I don't like any of those backups, right? I, I, outside the top four, Fields hasn't shown me anything. He's really small. Um, but he probably makes it. It's probably him or in my five. If keeping five, it's Fields or Allen. Um, and maybe that's another one of those other spots that they upgrade. Right? If they can trade somebody, one of those O line you mentioned. Or one of the running backs, can they? Maybe it's a linebacker they bring back. Um, just because there's nobody beside outside of those top four that has done anything for me. Yeah, I, I don't think keeping five is ideal, but you do have the practice squad. And like you said, if you're keeping Johnny Stanton and you're keeping Dearness Johnson, right? If you're only keeping five, you're also certainly keeping a fourth safety and probably a sixth corner. So those positions get filled with with who plays special teams and and whatnot, right? So. Um, I think keeping five is certainly a possibility and then calling a sixth up for, for the games. We'll see how that goes. Um, I've got six corners. We know the five that it's going to be. The question with those guys is just health. 
A is it's health. Um, you know, this is a really strong group, guys. But we have to be honest. We have not seen Martin Emerson and A.J. Green against real wide receivers. Them playing against Javon Wims and David Bell in practice does not count. They are all, they are both having good camps, and they are impressive young athletes, but they have not proven a thing. So let's just keep that in mind. I got Herb Miller making it as the sixth. Um, we know the three safeties are going to play. I don't think Richard LeCount is in this team's plans. i also not sure they're going to keep DeAnthony Bell, a 25-year-old undrafted rookie. Right, I think they'll keep him around. Um, I don't know that he makes the initial 53, uh, unless he's just way way better than we thought. But we've seen him out there in the practice field getting run with the starters. So where are you in the secondary? Yeah, I, I got six corners, even though I struggle with who that six guy's going to be. I, I think they want it to be Herb Miller. Or they did the whole training camp, and then it feels like he gives up a bunch of plays, which probably happens with your six corner. So maybe that's yeah. you know that's just what they expect. Um, and then I, I'm with you. I don't see I don't see how they can keep more than four safeties. Um, but I don't know who that fourth guy is. Um, you know, I thought it would be LeCount. Uh, you know, they brought back Moffitt. You know, I know they like him, but I'm sure you could get him to the practice squad. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess my default would be LeCount, even though I don't think he's probably worthy of that spot, but maybe they keep him around for that initial position. Yeah, and again, this this is probably one of those flex things where if they really thought some other team was keeping DeAnthony Bell, then maybe you keep him on the fifty three till like the third day, and then you make that move, right? That that's kind of some of the things that go on here. They just don't want to expose guys to the initial waiver wire because teams then start making their plans and their own practice squads and go forward. So we'll see. Um, you know, I just think on the market as far as who would claim, I think Herb Miller would probably be much more enticing to a bad team than D'Anthony Bell or Richard LeCount would be. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. Like, yeah. Corners so, more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. So that brings us to running back, which we know the Browns are stacked there. Um, in my projection, I had them trading Dearness Johnson. Um, what I truly believe is that they're fine. Keeping all the back five, if you count Johnny Stanton, as as the fullback I, I i'm with you scott i think that he makes the team and i think they're fine keeping him because dearness can play special teams um ford may or may not you know make the, the active 45 on game day when everybody's healthy but you can keep him in the bullpen you like what you've seen from him i just think if you're ever going to trade one dearness is the guy that you trade he doesn't have mileage he doesn't have baggage he only makes around two million dollars um you know, a team that would be trading for the remaining four of what Kareem is owed, knowing his history and his recent injury history. I mean, this isn't bad. It, it's just not. So I don't think they have to do it. Um, I know what I wrote, obviously, in my projection was that they trade Dearness for a receiver. I have mixed feelings on how that actually has to go. Before we dive into receiver, though, Scott, I think the most succinct way for me to put it is this. They need help at receiver. As nice as a job as they've done building the running back room in the offensive line room, they have flopped at receiver. <laughs> and there are ways to go about it, and there were always bets involved here on the Peoples Joneses, David Bells, and Schwartzes of the world. But they need a receiver, and I just I think they can keep all the running backs. I just don't know. A, I know that's not a permanent solution, and B, you know, if someone calls and offers you anything that you feel like is an urgent position, receiver or not, 
I think you have to do it. I think you have to move on um, if, if the right opportunity is there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Tech. And I entered camp believing Dearness Johnson was going to be the odd man out. Now things have changed, right? The Kareem Hunt contract situation changes things to some degree. Uh, the Deshaun Watson 11-game suspension changes things where all of a sudden you could say, okay, in order for us to have a chance to win, we're going to have to run it 40 times a game. So it helped, you know, you need as big a stable as you can get. Having said all that, I'm with you. I still think they trade him. I think receiver is the ideal return on that trade. Like I said, it could be another position, right? It could be a tackle, it could be a linebacker, whatever. Um, but receiver makes the most sense to me. So yeah, I mean, I think they could live. I, I think they could live with all those guys at running back, but I think their intention the entire preseason was to trade the Ernest Johnson for something because you're not getting anything more for Cream Hunt than you would get for Dearness Johnson. No, not much not. more. That's, right? that's fact. Good call. Yes. Right. And I think Kareem Hunt's a better player as long as he's going to play hard. And I think he will play hard because that's, I think that's just who he is. He's better. He's better than Dearness Johnson for one more year. He's a better receiver. Like, I just think he means more to your offense. So trade Dearness Johnson. So I think that makes all the sense in the world. All right. So, so two thoughts here. One, um, in part of the thinking with keeping all the backs, a team is much more likely to lose its running back in September than it is in August. So you could still make the move with Dearness or Kareem, right, down, down the road. Three, two, three, four, five Tuesdays from now rather than three, four, five days from now. And two, um, I think Kareem Hunt has had an excellent camp. We had the two days where he had that, and he won't talk about it. But I think he came in knowing, obviously, what's at stake. It looked to me like he put on some bulk in the offseason, probably related to the injuries. Um, he seems to be in phenomenal shape and looks great on the practice field, Scott. I, I, I don't know if you feel the same, but to me that he does. And the Browns look and say, this is a really good player. And on August 31st, just like it was on March 1st, any value that Kareem Hunt has in the trade market is not near the value that he has to this Cleveland Browns offense when it's humming. And we don't know when or if it's going to hum, but he's a guy that can make it. I mean, he's just so rare with the way he finishes runs and the way he sticks his nose in there. And you're not asking him for 17 games, right? But for 12 to 14 games of Kareem Hunt, a hungry Kareem Hunt playing for a contract, that can be the difference between you making the playoffs and not. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And, and I think, you know, you get a little prisoner of the moment when you think, well, he's hurt last year. And it was, but it was only a year, two years ago when he was great, right? I mean, he was really good. Mm-hmm. That Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, one-two punch. Um, you know, he's still a top, whatever it is, 15, 18 back in the league. Yes. Um, and, and he's a crazy dual threat that Nick Chubb still isn't, right? Chubb still doesn't catch the ball like Hunt does. So he has incredible value to, to this team. And I know, you know, I know fans love to talk about trades. And even before Kareem asked for one, right? He, uh, it was, can, can they trade Kareem Hunt? It just never made any sense to me because he has so much value to this team. And that value only increases with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback compared to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. No, that's a great way to lead us to the last position, Scott, at wide receiver. Because in March and last week, anytime the running back subject was broached, I would say they're not making a trade just to make a trade. Like, they're not. But, man, I look at this receiving core and it stinks. You and I are in agreement that we didn't ever have Felton making this team. 
but right now we both have felt May in this team. He's a lock. <laughs> um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that the Peoples Jones has had a quiet camp because he had the great camp last year and it didn't really translate. We know he's not going to get the upgrade in quarterback play until late in the year. Um, you know, he is an NFL player. Is he ever going to be more than that in, in a lot of potential? I don't know. David Bell is not ready. He's shown us that. Could that change in a month? Sure. Two months, three months? Yes. He's not ready. Anthony Schwartz is not an NFL player. He's not a wide receiver. Um, he's super fast. He's a great kid who works hard. It was always a bit of a long-term project. It's not there, right? Um, Michael Woods had a strong start to camp. He's a six-round rookie. He looks fast. He's not ready. He hasn't missed anything. So, anyway, um, this is an area that needs help. I had him keeping seven. I had Jalen Rager as one of those in a projected trade in my first 53 written version. Um, I had Woods making it with my belief being that he makes it and the next day goes on short-term IR to buy them a spot and buy him some time to get right for when he does come back. Right? And then I had those other guys making it. But, man, that leaves snaps and that leaves production for – for early games that you have to win. And I just don't think you can trust David Bell or Anthony Schwartz in the moments that you're going to need them. No, you're hundred percent right. And I mean, they're going to open the season, Zach. And I think this is, I feel pretty comfortable with this. It's going to be Cooper people's Jones and Demetric Felton. When you go three wides and, you know, maybe Kareem hunt, get some of those Demetric Felton slots. Yeah. I hands, think Schwartz right? gets some run. I think Schwartz gets some run too. I really oh, yeah. do. Right. I'm not saying I, I he think, deserves it, but I think right. he does. I do too, but I, I I would not be stunned if the first time they go three wides, it's Felton that is at third wide, whether it's, it's Saturday night against Chicago or yeah. um, September 11th in Carolina. And you're right. I, I did not think Felton would make the team when camp started, and that's changed. He's, I, I feel he, he's a lot to make this team. I mean, he might be your number one returner for crying out loud. Right. So, but it, that's not impressive, right? You look at that, you look at Schwartz and Bell, who might, you know, I haven't given up on Schwartz like you have but I've seen the same stuff you have. <laughs> I just, I just quite well, we shouldn't on. because the team's not going to give up on him. Like, I don't even right. consider him a bubble guy. Right. No, I don't. I'm with you. I, he, yeah, I think he's a lot. But he's that speed just hasn't translated. Right. And you watch him run some routes, it does. Some routes, he blows by guys. But there's others where he runs, he has to make a cut and he slows down coming out of the cut. Like, it just, he's the 4 2 speed doesn't show up like it should, even on that end around that they ran in the preseason game against the Eagles. Right. He doesn't read the blocks right and he gets tackled. It should have been a big game. Um, but having said that, so it's Bell and Schwartz and Felton and the two starters. And I, I agree with Michael Woods. I think he is a short term IR guy once he makes a 53. But there's you don't feel good about any of those guys after Cooper with, you know, no. Donovan Peoples Jones being a possible exception. The Browns really like him. He's solid. Is he number two? You know, I think that's a stretch. Um you know, so yeah, if they make the trade, then yes, we know who the to make a trade for receiver, then that's your number seven. If they don't, you know, is it Mike Carley Jr.? It, you know, what I mean, nah, he, it, right? I mean, I think he's in the plans, but what has he done to show you he's ready for the active roster? I'm with you. I'm with you. you. Know? Like, there's just no, there's just nothing that gets you excited about those receivers outside of Cooper. Like Cooper's legit. I sit down with him and talk route running. I haven't written it yet, but it was a great conversation. Like I, I really like Amari Cooper, but he can't be your only guy, no. right? And last year, I mean, I'm, it's easy to say. Last year, their undoing was the passing game, right? Quarterback slash receivers. And it certainly could be the same this year. 
with Jacoby Brissett and this group of receivers. Yeah, no, we know we have a pretty good feel for what Stefanski's offense looks like when it's doing well, Scott. But you know, you need to be able to stretch that field for to open things up consistently, right? Because the when it what it does well is it disguises run pass and it gets guys open on crossing routes and, and makes defenses wonder which way it's going horizontally. But when you really stress them is when you can hit the deep one. And in 2020, they occasionally hit the deep one. And last year, they really didn't, right? And now they didn't hit a lot of simple ones either. We, we all know that. But, I mean, I look at this and, and, and who the quarterback – I mean, I have not seen Jacoby throw but two even over 15 yards, right? Like, <laughs> I just I just haven't. Not a lot. So, yeah. All yeah, right. I mean, yeah, um, you say the deep ball, you look at that Cincinnati game, right? They actually hit a couple deep balls, and that was the best game they played all year. You know, yeah, I, I, I think the lack of receivers means you're going to see a ton of 88, right? Harrison Bryant yeah. and David Njoku are probably going to play a ton. And I wouldn't have said that two months ago. Um, but I, I think that that's going to how it's going to be how it shakes out. Draft David Njoku on your fantasy teams, guys. He's a way better fantasy player than a real player. And in this offense, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I, I would not be stunned um, if he puts up pretty big numbers this year. All right, Scott, last thing, um, you know, going back is – is this thing took shape way, way back in the spring. You looked at this roster and it's like, Hey, they're trying to build something. They finally got some continuity. If there's a surprise cut, it's really going to be a surprise. So do you still believe that? And who is maybe of name guys on your bubble um, that it flops across your computer screen or phone Monday or Tuesday that you wouldn't be surprised if the Browns moved on? Mm. Yeah. I mean, Chase Winovich, uh, does he count? No, because, um, I mean, he okay. hasn't even practiced in three weeks. I know. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I mentioned the Chris Hubbard thing earlier. I think that's in play is a surprise that I wouldn't have thought of even two weeks ago. Um, I don't know. That's about it, Zach. Like, I like this roster, you know, except for what the positions we mentioned. But it doesn't feel like – I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's enough depth for – me to say there's going to be a surprise cut, you know, like yeah. I just, I just right. don't, and maybe that's why it'll be a surprise, but I just don't sense anything. Yeah. No, like it feels like the bubble is two guards, two safeties, two linebackers. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. it, you know, that obviously changes if you do make a, a move that we don't see coming, but um, yeah, it, it does. It, it kind of anticlimactic and just kind of a fitting cap to this bizarro <laughs> training. Right. Camp, right. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. And I mean, it's maybe like, they cut, do they cut a rookie that, you know, but I don't even know who that rookie would be. You know, I think Isaiah Thomas makes a team. I win for right. I mean, all yeah. these guys make the team. That's we've already seen that from Andrew Barry. Right. Right. Yeah. And they should, you know, yeah. um, they, they should. And, and we don't know how roles evolve, but yeah. Right. Like all these young corners that they've invested in. I mean, these guys are going to play a, at least a little bit and eventually they're going to play. We all know that. So they're, you know, they're, uh, I, I don't know. Um, Sir, I don't know that Isaiah Thomas is certainly making the team, but we think he is. Yep. Um, that's that's for sure. They're they're not bailing on James Hudson or Schwartz, right? Jerome Ford no, I mean, was always right. a lock and and is followed it up with a really strong summer. So, yeah, you're not. I mean, that's Schwartz is a guy, right? Like if you're going to pick a crazy cut, it would be Schwartz. But I don't think there's any way they cut him. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think so either. Um, and that will be an ongoing storyline, of course, but we'll see. Uh, I think it was also interesting, and I didn't think of this until now, you know, when they do come out that morning in Carolina, is he on the 45? Is he, is he in sweatpants? 
He's yeah. going to be on the 53. Yeah. So it'll yeah, be stunning. It'll be stunning if he's not. I mean, I think he's ahead of David Bell right now because Bell, his, I think he's had a hard time coming off that foot injury. Mm-hmm. Hasn't looked comfortable to me. Um, and he, he catches everything except he hasn't. And I think that's because he doesn't feel right coming off that foot. Right. Um, so I think Schwartz is ahead of him with whatever, two and a half weeks left before right. Carolina. All right, guys. So thanks for listening to Civilized Barking. Um, you know, next week is, is it's an extra week in the NFL since they moved all this stuff up. And we haven't had any sort of routine because we've only been we've been tracking the one story that counted in. It finally got resolved a week ago today. So thank you guys for listening, for reading. <laughs> we thank Scott Petrak for joining us. Uh, when the next one will be, I don't know, maybe after the roster. But I think we just like, even if we miss here, Scott, even if we, we had a bad miss along the way, we're going to be at 92%. So I guess if the Browns sign Jimmy Garoppolo, um, we'll do a podcast. You know, <laughs> if, if the Browns do make a major move, which I don't know what else would be out there, um, we'll do a podcast. Otherwise, we're getting ready. And today marks what, 18 days until Ooh. Baker Mayfield and the Panthers are on the other side. And the Browns um, need to win that game. And boy, that will be fun. So it's always fun here. Uh, Again, thank you guys. I mean that. Thanks to you again, Scott. And we will talk to you next time on Civilized Parking.